Hello and welcome to the DFS underscore PhD show for the Sunday showdowns. We are doing Sunday, I guess that's the, well, let me see what day it is, 6th, 7th, 8th, 8th of October. And there is a London game early in the morning, and then there is the Sunday night showdown. So I'm going to call them both Millie Makers or whatever, but I know there are 100,000 makers probably. Um, and we're going to start off with a bunch of general talk about showdowns and stuff um, after I get the screen dimensions correct. Sorry, I didn't know that limited the screen. Anyway, so for last night's slate, you know, Anguilla is going to lead us in, in uniques, but some of those lineups like Awesome Petty Theft, Tishbu, they've all won a million dollars this year-ish in the last year. I haven't seen Eric or Anguilla, so I need to see more from them. Eric actually chimed in in the thread, I think, saying, uh, whoops, <laughs> yeah, whoops, he got his lineups in late. It didn't mean them to be that weird. But when you're at the top of the list with the rest of the guys, it's good. Like, I think Kyle Dvorak was like, hey, must be some sort of weird coincidence that all the best players are on the list when you search by most unique lineups. And I was like... Yeah, that's probably definitely not a coincidence. I know he's making a joke, but it got me thinking it's more than not a coincidence. So you now have to see the first significant math pages on the uh, the stream. I don't know if I can zoom in. Probably not. Yeah. So let's zoom in a little bit. So basically, I did principle. I'm a scientist in general, like how I grew up. So principal component analysis is what you do in science whenever something is dominated by one term. And so first you take the first term and then you do the first order correction, second order correction, whatever. Um, so the zeroth order correction for your expected value or ROI on a lineup is your probability of a bank times the amount of money you get in a bank, right? Like you, if you take down, how much do you win? And so that's perfect if there's only one prize up top or if it's very, very steeply sloped, like these $2.25 million, uh, 2.25 M millionaires that they have sometimes. So, or really all these competitions they're running now, the big GPPs are all very, very steep. And the money you get in a bank is inversely proportional to the number of dupes you have, right? And so that's why you're seeing at the top of the list, the people with the least dupes, not just uniques, right? The uniques part of the list, fine. But look at the under five dupes. Awesomeo beats Angula for under five dupes. And I know Awesomeo is doing ROI calculations, like contest sims and stuff. So it's not just about getting unique. There's obviously something else to it, but... It's mostly about getting unique. It's, it's mostly about getting unique combined with approximating win probability correctly. So you can go, there's more pages of math here, but it's all boring. Um, so, oh, the other thing I found out yesterday is, so in doing this calculation, you need a, an, a, an estimate of the average number of dupes for a lineup in a showdown. So I did it for yesterday by, you can go in the sports projection site and figure out the number of unique lineups because he gives the frequency of each. So you download the CSV, see how many rows it has. And then you can figure out the number of lineups total because that's the number that are in the competition. And so you divide the number of lineups total by the number of unique lineups to get the average number of dupes per lineup, which is important because when you're thinking about this, right, you're thinking about the expected value of the first term compared to the second term. And obviously probability of a bank, whatever, we'll have to figure that out later. But if you assume probability of a lineup winning is about the same, no matter what lineup is winning-ish, you know, 0.1, 0.2%-ish, then... Um, you know that the second term is probability of second times the amount of money you get for second, but it's unique second, right? And there are on average going to be seven dupes. So unique second is actually on average eighth. And so for last night, for instance, second place was 100,000, but unique second was 8,000. And I mean, last night was even worse, right? There were 90 ties for first place last night. No offense to you guys. Again, $10,000 was my first 
like my first duped win was $10,000 that got me to the level where I am today, where I can be like, oh, I don't care about duped wins. Yeah. So if you won $10,000 last night, feel great about yourself. 90 dupes is not bad. And $10,000 is good. That's a bankroll that you can become a millionaire on real fast. Also that you can lose in five days. So keep a reasonable bankroll management. You got $10,000. Don't spend more than like, was that 200 a slate, something like that. So, you know, keep it reasonable so you can uh, um, have some variance. But you see my point, like even with dupes included, second place matters even less than with dupes not included in this calculation. Oh, yeah, right. I shouldn't show you exactly how to do contest sims, even though that's a whole bunch more math. Uh, and I do want to say, you know, since people do like these screenshots and stuff, you can make them yourself. I'm just doing them at the correct time when everybody wants to talk about them and think about them in the way that I am thinking about them at that time. So this guy's website is sportsprojections.com. You upload the contest CSV and he breaks it down to basically all the nice, most duplicated lineups, user entry investigation. And then you can keep going as far as you want, like sit there, you know, um, yeah. Analyzing the data to your heart's content. And my heart gets content after quite a bit of data. Oh yeah. Did I even say it? Uh, you're good enough. You're strong enough. And gosh darn it. Somebody's got to win that money. Yeah. That's, that's our catchphrase. So I'm supposed to say that at the beginning of the show. Settings for today's or for the showdown in the morning. It's pretty tight. So for your 150 maxers who are trying to get unique, your awesomeos, et cetera, I would expect their, their salaries to be a little higher than in some of these most recent showdowns where there's been a ton of value and you've been able to go maybe 10,000 on the table. I think you'll be shooting optimal ROI in this 43 to 48K range, maybe even 48.5. I haven't seen what these lineups look up yet, look like yet. Let's look at this exposure. Okay, so I've set some rules and done some weird projection things that I should tell you about for the Buffalo-Jacksonville game. Specifically, I have boosted Hardy and Sherfield. I don't know which one of them is going to get the work, but whichever one of them does, in a comeback game script, it's a lot of work. It's checkdowns and two-minute drill. It's not even a comeback game script. It's a two-minute drill. Whenever you go four wide, three wide, you're going to have some Sherfield. You're going to have some Hardy. And they are priced like they're not going to be out on the field at all. So I have upped them. And the same thing with Farrell and Strange. They were about one to two projections. That's not correct. Farrell and Strange are out there a lot. The um, So I, I looked up the Jacksonville snap counts. Uh, they add up to 110, 142% of the time. 42% of the time, they have two tight ends out there at least. So it's a lot of tight ends. People, I, I think this assumption is assuming a regular assortment of tight ends. Um, so that's why I'm getting to so much more of them. Although I don't think I saw getting to any of them in the captain. That seems like a lot. Yeah. Oh, we got I got a couple of Luke Farrell cats. So I'm running this with 150. I don't do 150 for showdown slates. I just I know I have a lot of 150 maxer followers. So I, I want to give you what my field would be. Obviously, for 20 maxing, I will probably pare down and not include Luke Farrell in the captain's pool. But if you're 150 maxing, you get there. He's he's in the pool. He's reasonable. I have some other guys who are in the pool we didn't get to, I think. Yeah. Strange is the other option that's similar, but slightly lower price, but slightly lower expectation. He's out there a little bit less. So backup tight ends, guys, they're not backups. They're tight ends two and three. And on the goal line, they are in there. They're in there for blocking. Everybody knows they're going to be in there for blocking. And when you're in there for blocking, it's easy for you to sneak out and catch that dumbass touchdown pass in the flat. And so that's that's what this projection is uh, somewhat trying to capture is that they got that opportunity. And I don't think that's being captured. So those are my changes to the projections. Beyond that, it looks like we're going to go with pretty much... Well, the other thing that's weird that I haven't decided if I'm going to change or if they're going to change yet, they've got kickers projected insanely. So 
Sabersim has decided Brandon McManus is expected to score 15 points in London and that um, Tyler Bass is expected to score 13. For reference, in San Francisco, the kickers are expected that night, the same night game. Similar, you know, okay, these are not as good of kickers, but we're expecting eight, seven to eight points. This is the flex position. This is twice, I mean, seven to eight points. McManus is projected for twice that as a kicker. That's not right. That's not right. I don't know what about Wembley or whatever would make that right. I don't think I'm going to stay there, but until I can figure out why it's so high, like I'm going to have to ask in the actual chat in Saberson to figure out what is going on here. Is there a logic to why the kickers in London are so high? If not, I'm going to have to nerf the kickers in London to a reasonable level. We got a film shoot at my kids parking. So kind of weird parking situation, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I will definitely ask Saberson about the kicker situation and report back uh, with whatever's going on there. But Aside, if, if they really are expected to do well in London for some reason, you slam them. Um, I'm leaving in the defenses. 15% owned, fine, whatever. Yeah, at 15% owned, a good leverage. And it's London. People are going to be tired. I mean, it's really weird, too, because the Jags didn't just get there. They got there last week, and Buffalo's traveling now. So there's kind of like a, a mega home field advantage for – it's like Buffalo played last Sunday, too. Like, I thought they were – for these games, they were supposed to get, like, a little longer lead-in, like a Thursday to a Sunday for traveling. Anyway, so Buffalo is at a significant disadvantage that I don't think is being reflected in these projections. So probably eventually what I'll do is I'll go over here to points and put this at more of a pick'em. Um because I don't think Buffalo is going to hop off the plane spry. You know, I'm, I'm sure they get there Thursday or whatever. But still, it's a long trip. I mean, like being in London is not, you don't feel good for a few days, right? So like, and you saw it last Sunday, that game was not, awesome actually yeah, i think about it i probably want to do this by bringing down bringing down buffalo's total to jacksonville's not bringing jacksonville's up to buffalo seems like uh probably more likely that buffalo isn't as spry than that jacksonville pounces on them due to being in london so good okay so yeah i think i'll stick with that sort of thing it didn't affect very much at all because all of the players are still better than all of the players on jacksonville um yeah so you play the good players and make sure your game scripts line up and yeah that you're leaving plenty of money on the table it's going to be the same thing for the night slate so let's go over there see what i got for the night slate for you um slightly boosting ray ray is all i did to this set mostly for the night slate it's pretty cut and dry and when it's pretty cut and dry it's going to be tough to get all the way unique so i don't think that's really your goal in this so i'm going 42.5 to 47.5 but still there's just not choices on this the night slate. You're going to have dupes, and it's not going to be great, but I think you can get to, like, I don't know, a couple of dupes between 2 and 10 if you, you keep it in this range. Because, um, I mean, you know, you get McCaffrey captain, you gotta you got to get different somehow, and leaving a ton of salary is one way to do it. you got options. I mean, so that's the other thing. At captain, you do have some cheap options I do think are competitive, and I do like Jake Ferguson. Has not – have I to even look at his uh, – I didn't even do the fantasy – points yeah points per 100 snaps is 20 for him so about 10 is what we should be expecting from season long but didn't he i thought i remembered he looked really good last week ah 14.7 so he looked good but not particularly different than he's been looking 14.7 is exactly no 14.7 is what he's projected for in the captain 
So he's not projected for what he got last week. He's projected for less. So I've got to decide. I'm thinking of being a little bit aggressive here. Also with Dowdle, now that I'm looking at it, didn't we have some weird Dowdle activity last week at running back? Let's check in on our snap counts. Week four, we did not have Dowdle. We had Deuce Vaughn in for 30% of the snaps. Let's get it down to 10 snaps a game so we can see what was going on with Hunter Lemke. What? Was the, was Dowdle hurt? Must have been. Okay, well, I don't love it that the backup tight end is just randomly fluctuating between three people. So, and Deuce Vaughn scored the touchdown. Uh, I don't know what to do with this, guys. Deuce Vaughn and Dowdle are both clearly in play to score five or six points. They could do it together. Don't love that. Don't love that. But, I mean, so the problem is this is an average of their zeros and their high points, right? And I don't want that. I want to, yeah, okay, fine. In this case, where, where their actual distribution probably only contains them having one catch, maybe it's okay to leave the distribution the way it is and not peg to a higher number like I like to do. Uh, yeah, I've been thinking about Hendershot too, but this is a reasonably high projection for Hendershot. I like him. I've left in and I'm getting to a little bit of all these other guys. So your Juck six, your, uh, so I am getting to 10% Hendershot. It's fine. 20% Ray Ray is a bit much. I'll get that 15%. But, but so they've, they've shown such an interest in utilizing Ray Ray. Like he's out there, he's running routes and they just haven't thrown it to him. So the question is, do they keep using him as a gadget? And do they ever utilize the gadget? Would love them to use him. But for now, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling when we get to Sunday as to how much Ray Ray we have, how much Dowdle and Deuce. This is a place where you could add a rule if you wanted, right? But we just saw Dowdle and Deuce can both score together. So I don't know. Okay. Uh, let me get, let me sort it by leverage. See if I got any big leverage pieces here that I'm missing when I look, look at it the other way. Yeah, a lot of Jake Moody. Hmm. The backup tight end. Kicker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else to do on the slate. Play some kickers. Hope it works out. I think that makes sense. Yeah, this is just really dicey. I, I like being overweight, Lupke, and I like being overweight, Deuce Vaughn, and I like being overweight, the third guy, who I am actually underweight to, it would seem. I'm guessing if I go this direction, we'll see the third guy's name. Yeah. Dowdle. So I don't like being underweight Dowdle given if I'm 150 max, I'm definitely matching the field on Dowdle. He's a guy who could really make you right. Can't break you. He can make you like Dowdle is almost no cost, right? 2,200 or less 3000. Well then, yeah, we're not going to boost Dowdle more than 3% at 3000. I thought he was like, you know, real backup priced, but Ray Ray is real backup price. Do we have anybody else who Hendershot is real back? So Ray Ray and Hendershot are your two min price guys. You can take a shot at um, for big tournaments, but beyond that, yeah, even them, they are really, you know, really a reach. So I would probably suggest not doing the reach and staying with more reasonable guys and leaving money on the table. So that's what my lineups are doing today uh, for Sunday. Like when we go to captain, let's just read. I didn't even do captain leverage for this Sunday night game. Christian McCaffrey, big surprise, but seriously, play him. He's good. I mean, like, it doesn't matter the game script. He's a great captain. And to be 20% on the captain, okay, I'll be 40% deal every time. I, I will double you on Christian McCaffrey. Just look like, I mean, projection-wise, he's better than everybody. 
be better than everybody odds on favorite. I mean, honestly, like when I say it that way, I, I am confident in him being the odds on guy to be the highest scoring captain. Now, I guess the reason that's not more than 50% exposure is him being highest, highest um, scoring captain doesn't necessarily mean optimal captain, right? That depends on a lot of other factors about the distribution of lineups and the distribution of points. So fine. That's what we're probably doing with the rest of these. Let's look at it by lever. Uh, yeah. So Debo, Jake Ferguson. Yep. Those are my other two biggest leverage captains with ownership taken into account. So, yep, McCaffrey, Debo, Ferguson. Those are my guys. Play them on the night slate for Sunday. Well, thanks for coming to the Showdown Show, guys. It's been great talking to you. Remember, you're great, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, somebody's got to win that money. And might as well be us.